Hey everybody, welcome to On Grade. This is episode 11. I'm uh, Brandon Weinlein. Uh, Devin can't make it tonight. He's not feeling too hot. So I got uh, Joey Palomo. Palomo. I'm sorry, bro. <laughs> it's a mouthful. From uh, AGS. That's right. Um, and uh, AGS stands for Advanced uh, Geodetic Surveys, and they're local here in Grapevine, Texas, and also in Houston, right? Yes, that's right. Okay. Yeah. Right. Uh, so Joey, uh, how'd you get started in the dirt world, man? So, uh, I want to say in the, the dirt world, I'd say more in the, the geospatial construction world. Right. But, um, essentially I, I got started, I have a, uh, educational background in this, um, did uh, Texas state, you know, construction science management, all that good stuff. And, uh, my first job out of school actually was, um, I was working as a estimator for a custom home builder. So it was really, really cool to work for him. Just because it was a smaller company, but I got to do so much. I got to it, it was very fun. As versus the the kind of cut cutness and dryness of the um, you know kind of com- commercial construction world, quote unquote. This was very cool because I got to do a lot of design work, um, you know, ton in the CAD um, side of things. Uh, it was just a really really good experience for me. But in doing so, I kind of worked my way up, and, and I ended up became a, a, a pretty integral part of the business on the estimation side. And um, I ended up you know, I was. 23, 24 at the time, something like that. And I worked there for a couple of years, but um, I got eventually to the point where I was making a lot of the purchasing decisions for uh, for a lot of the material that we used uh, during during the estimation process. During that, worked with a lot of sales reps and you know they took me out, they took me fishing, they took me hunting, they took me on all the fun boat trips, everything like that. And I was like, man, I could do sales. This sounds fun. All you do is wine and dine with somebody else's money, uh, you know? And, and uh, so eventually I kind of started looking around for sales jobs related around construction, kind of my background and um, started with a company uh, after, after the custom home builder, we started with a company. I'll leave the, the name out. And uh, basically they did a lot of trench safety. So the company I came into, um, there was another rep there and he just had every single account possible in, in the, you know, in our defined territory, which is San Antonio and uh, kind of central Texas area. Uh, just he had been there for 30, 40 years, something crazy like that. So the only other thing for me to really try to sell was uh, was serving equipment. So that's kind of what what I did. I experienced a lot of success with that early on. Um, and then AGS came and picked me up. I started as a rep and worked my way up from there. And uh, now I'm a vice president of sales for, for advanced shooting service. Yeah, I was going to say, I was looking at your LinkedIn profile. And man, you've you've moved up quick, man. It's yeah, awesome. That's right. Yeah, you know, it's uh, And I know in sales, it's a tough industry. It's, it is. It's a lot different. It it's, is. Uh, it's not on merit. It's on, are you producing? Yes. You, know? you have to put up the numbers. You yeah. have to, you if have you're to. not, if you're not making the company money, they don't need you. I mean, exactly. It, I, and I know it's very cutthroat in that industry. I know you and me were talking earlier on the phone about it. Uh-huh. It's super cutthroat. Um, so what drove you to the surveying end of it? Really? I, I like solutions. I like selling solutions. So when I can go into a company and, and, they say, well, we, we need to do, for example, and let's talk about kind of what, what you would be looking to do, right? Um, you'd be looking to do a lot of uh, bring survey in-house, do your own layout. If somebody knocks over a stake, you don't want to wait two weeks for a survey to get out there and charge you, you know, whatever they charge you. Um, you know, I'd really like bringing those solutions in-house where I can train you how to use these survey technologies, use this gear, use 3D LiDAR, use drone mapping, use all those crazy cool technologies and show you how to use it. That's the most fun thing for me to go into a client who's just cold, knows nothing. That's the, that's, that's what motivates me. That's an ideal, uh, quote unquote sale, if you will, um, for me is, is going in and providing that solution. That's, that's, that's fun for me. There's no other way to put it. So I got to ask what, what to you is, is more fun to sell? Is it the GPS side of it or more of the robotic systems? Um, they're, they're, it just depends on on the solution, you know. Sometimes, you know, you want uh, better vertical accuracy, so that's going to be a robot all day that you guys are working out outside, uh, working inside, um, versus GPS. If you're just doing dirt work, things of that nature, obviously, that's going to be the preferred solution. But, um, man, if I had to pick, it's it's probably the, the whole GPS systems. Man, I, I just find the communication with the satellites, all the updates, it's it's uh, it's getting really cool. It's getting super cool. And, and a, a new realm that we're going into is actually in GIS, um, so graphical information systems. And that is a big market. Uh, even indoor GIS is becoming a thing where you map the inside. For example, there's a um, one of the case studies we were, we were kind of reading about at the last conference I, I went to we're in California a couple weeks ago. They were uh, basically an airport had to use uh, scanning technologies to map out their entire airport. Then with with all that data, all that information, they bring it into uh, an Esri product, 
and they're able to provide mapping solutions and app-based map solution for the people that attend this this airport that go here they can pull up the app on their phone and you can find out exactly where you're at in real time and navigate to the gate that you need to do you need to go to the, the terminal so on and so forth so um it's it's really cool stuff man it really is hey guys i hope you're enjoying the episode but i'd like to take a minute of your time to talk to you about today's sponsor are you a gis professional Land surveyor or construction professional looking for the best in surveying equipment, software, and service? Look no further than AGS Inc. AGS Inc. is an authorized dealer for Topcon and Sokia surveying equipment dealer and EOS aero mapping products dealer. With a supply store in Grapevine, Texas to serve the DFW Metroplex, Central Texas presence, and a corporate headquarters in Houston, Texas, AGS has you covered. Stop by and experience the AGS Inc. difference today. At AGS, it is a service after the sale that counts. AGS is the proud sponsor of the OnGrade podcast. OnGrade podcast listeners, give these guys a call if you want to talk about bringing precision surveying, layout, drones, GPS, GIS, or 3D scanning spatial technologies to your company. Thank you, and have a great evening. Back to the episode. The thing that I noticed, too, is... um, when I first started in, I started in 06. Okay. I remember when the only guys that could afford GPS was like Weber. Right. You right. know what I mean? Because it was right. like, if you bought a $200,000 bulldozer, it cost just as much as the bulldozer back then to put a system on it. Absolutely. You know, and it was, it was 15 antennas. There was crap everywhere, wires all over the place. And I mean, a guy just bent something and it was 10 grand to fix it. I oh, mean, absolutely. It's crazy now how quick, how cheap it is. Yes. Um, you know, we just had a screen go out on our 750 this week. Okay. It was 1800 bucks. Right. 10 years ago. I didn't want to know what that would yeah, have been. Four or $5,000. Yeah, exactly. At least. And it's, I noticed something though that I will say. Sure. That I wish would get better about it is something that Tremble's gotten into that I hope Topcon eventually does is, you know, on Tremble's workspace, you can email the job to the machine. And Topcon's not quite there yet. So actually, they they do. Topcon uh, offers a a cloud system called um, Enterprise. Actually, oh, they do. Okay, they sure See, do. So, and, and in my opinion, so we were we were a Trimble dealer for for a little over thirty years. Yeah. So, um, which that actually ended up being very good for us. We still we sell the product, uh, whatnot. But uh, our new partnership with Topcon, um, they they really cater to the construction market. I'd say more than more so than Trimble. In in my opinion, having represented both both companies. Um, and, and that enterprise system, that cloud-based system is, is, you know, if we look at the old kind of old days, right, where you had to plug in a USB port, take that USB, take it into the office, they'll plug it up into their computer, they upload it to CAD and they do their, they do their work from there. This is just one button click and then it's, it's already in the office. They can see in real time exactly what you did, what, uh, what type of data that you're looking to forward. All that good stuff. So. Sounds like I got to sit down and talk to you about that. Yes, yeah, we can we can talk. Yeah, we need to about talk that. about yeah. that one day this week. <laughs> um, so, um, what would you recommend? You know, we did been doing these episodes about starting your own construction company. Sure. So, for guys getting into the dirt world right now, sure. What would you recommend a good setup for them to start with would be? Man, I really, really think so. There's uh, when it comes to GPS. I'm going to nerd out for a minute, so please go bear for with it. Me. Hopefully, I don't. That's what we. Sleep. This is why I got you on. Man. <laughs> all right, well, trying you, to help these guys. All right, well, awesome. So, what I would really recommend is that we we'd go in. So, there's there's two types of uh, two types of solutions we can offer. Thing I'd probably recommend most, uh, especially for for the dirt world, is going to be GPS. That's that's what everybody's using. Uh, everything is in, done in geospatial control points. Everything like that. So, uh, there's there's a system called a Basin Rover, which you're basically buying a a base station, so you're paying the cost for that base station, and then you're you're also paying for the cost for the rover. Um, so it's a little more time to set up. Um, you are limited by distance, and so what a lot of people are doing now is something called what's called a network rover. So basically, they're getting their corrections, uh, which is essentially getting you down to that uh, you know four millimeter type of accuracy, uh, and that's coming all through the air. It's using uh, cell SIM card data to go ahead and, and bring those corrections to you. But with the network rover, you're only buying one system. So it's literally just, you have your you have your collector, you have your GPS head, it's just firing it up and doing your layout. And it makes the whole thing a lot cheaper, a lot simpler. And and as soon as you get on the job site, within 30 minutes, I can have somebody laying out points who's never even touched a piece of technology. So what that that piece you're talking about, I remember last time we were in the shop, you guys were talking to us about it. Sure. Um, 
I never heard of it before. Is how much extra is that system to add on to say a twenty thousand dollars setup? How much would that be? Uh, just for like a GPS, like you know, a Basin Rover normally is running between twenty twenty five. Uh, so they, they're getting up there now. Uh, yeah, they're well, up to yeah. 40, I'm also 50. talking five years ago. So. <laughs> um, I did just finally get a VR. So yeah, okay, I think it awesome. Was, yeah, it was thirty when I got the VR. I think it was thirty. Right on. But um, that's that the part you're talking about where it's correcting over cell data. Right. How much uh, so, extra is that set up? So basically, that's uh, depends on the type of uh, network solution that you're looking for. What we recommend is, is uh, actually something from Leica or Hexagon Group called uh, Leica SmartNet. Uh, we find that it has it probably has the best amount of coverage in Texas, um, as well as nationally, depending on on your scope of work and where exactly do you work. Um, however, that's like thirteen eighty five. Don't quote me on that. I, I believe somewhere uh, somewhere right around there per year. But with that, you're you're also paying for a lot more convenience and you're paying a lot less upfront costs. So. Uh, if you were to come to me today and say, hey, I, w- I need a Topcon layout solution, you're probably looking to pay 15-ish, something, yeah. somewhere right around there, 15 to fifteen to 20 yeah. uh, for that system. But it's literally just fired up and you are laying out points Okay, right so, on the job site. So we're running VRs, and sure. I think our VRs ran us between 25 and 30. That's about right, I think. Right. Yeah, yeah somewhere right in there. And uh, so you're saying it's about 1300 bucks a year to add that service. The network correction service. To but, each rover. That's right. So it's per rover. It's per rover. Okay. So I guess we're going to be sitting down and talking again. Okay. Awesome. Uh, this yeah, is, this okay. is turning out to be very fruitful. Yeah, for me. I know. This is, be, <laughs> this is an expensive episode. Yes. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> what, um, how is, how is the industry to you right now looking in 2023? Uh, so, so there's several f- vertical markets of the, of the geospatial industry. Um, we'll, we'll focus on construction. Yeah. One of the things as, as our reps are, are really delving into acquiring more, more construction clients, um, is folks are, uh, worried about a couple of things. One is liability. What is, what is, uh, bringing surveying in house? What, what's the liability with that? How much, you know, how much liability can they possibly uh, mitigate by doing that? How much do they, could they possibly uh, add, <laughs> how much, you know, how much more liability does it add to their workflows? Um, so that's, that's one thing. I would say that that's a pretty common concern. The next thing is going to be uh, apprehension to adopt a lot of these. I think a lot of people see these price tags and they're like, "Well, I mean, this is this is a lot of money forty thousand dollars for a whole system or twenty thousand, whatever that might be. It's it's a lot of money, but really, it's it's hard for people to conceptualize the ROI. So that's what we you know we really try to go in and, and show them. Look how much more productive you are. You're not waiting on anybody else. You're not being bottlenecked by by waiting on a server. You're not being bottlenecked by waiting on anything. But what you're really doing is is you're you're speeding up your own productivity. Mm-hmm. There was a utility contractor over in uh, Bernie that we recently worked with, and they were kind of like, "Well, it seems like a lot of technology. Your guys aren't going to want to use this." And in 30 minutes, I had them I had them laying out points, and um, I called them out a, a couple of weeks after to follow up with them. And they're just like, "Man, we are so happy. We want to get we want to get one of these systems in every single project manager's hands." Um, and, and I think on this one particular job I'm referring to, I think they built out $30,000 to their surveyor and by bringing it in house, they paid half that cost and now they're able to do it themselves. And it really is, if, if you're open to adopt it and you understand the, the return on the investment and what it'd be able to do for your company, it really is not that expensive at all. I mean, you're paying hundreds of thousand dollars for in rentals for, for your, you know, for your machines and your heavy equipment. This is a small, small portion that could save you a whole lot of time. You really can. And another thing I'd recommend to the guys is um, there's other systems you can check out for, like, the guys that are running skid steers and stuff that are out on their own that you're, sure. like, doing barn pads and stuff. Topcon does make a system that's a laser system. Yes. That goes on a box blade system for yes. a skid steer attachment. Yes. I can tell you guys we run GPS on our skid steers, and it is incredible. Um our guys can go on the smaller jobs where we can't really justify bringing a motor grader out mm-hmm. and they can finish that whole job with just a skid steer. Right. And it looks just as good. Right. Um, so that's what I wanted to ask you was, what would you recommend to that guy that say he's been at it a couple months, he's starting to get a lot of work doing barn pads, stuff like sure. that. Sure. What would be a good setup for him to do for his skid steer? Well, in order for him to see the return investment without spending a whole lot of money, I'd probably opt to to have him rent it. Hey, man, just try it on one job. Kind of see what you know what it looks like on one particular job that you're doing, and uh, that's 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 probably the, the system I'd, I'd recommend for them is is just going in with a network rover or even a robotic system. Just try it out. Just just 
just take that plunge. A lot of folks are are very apprehensive to to adopt new technologies because they're like, well, we've been doing it the same way for X amount of time. Why would I change it? Why would I reinvent the wheel? But in reality, you have to be forward thinking because this is where the market's going. This is another tool in the tool belt that will everybody will have within the next five years. So do you want to wait uh, until you're playing catch up with everybody else, or do you want to get ahead of the game? Because if I were to approach you now and you, you're already very forward thinking, you're already using a lot of these technologies, Brandon, you're going to be that much further ahead than your competition, in the, you know, in the next five years, uh, just because now you and I can have the conversations. Of what will let, what is having a laser scanner look like? What would having a full 3d LIDAR drone look like versus the conversations we're having with the people that are very, very, very slow to adopt these new technologies are going to be, well, let's introduce you to GPS. You're going to be light years. You'll be running circles around these guys. Yeah. Uh, the thing here, in, especially in the Metroplex, though, a lot of the contractors here adopted it when it first got big, I mm -hmm. would say 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. um, I remember when it got to the point where when I first started, it would be like one machine on the job would have it. Right. And now pretty much all of them do. Right. I mean, they figured out how to put it on track loaders now. I mean, it's right. insane, dude. Like, they were like, we'll never be able to figure out how to put it on a track loader. No, they put it on a track loader. Right. They've got it on scrapers, excavators, rollers. They, I mean, you think anything, you're like, what? They put GPS on that? Why do they got GPS on that? But, I mean, right. it helps. Everybody Absolutely. on the job knows what's going on. Absolutely. Because the old days... We knocked a stake over. It's like, I can't work. I don't, I, I, I can guess. Right. You know, I can right. ballpark it, you know, but when you're constantly going, uh, get the blueprints out and let me double check my hubs and, sure. you know, did they move the hubs or, um, you know, oh crap, we got to run a level loop because I think one of the base points is screwed up, you know, and, and it's, but I will tell you, this is how old school I am. <laughs> All right. When we start a job. You know, we shoot all our control points in with still. Tell me, transit. A transit. Okay. Well, hey, yeah. get the job done. We still done, shoot but... our control. Now we go out there with our GPS and verify it. Sure. But we shoot it in with the transit because that doesn't sure. lie. No, it doesn't. It a doesn't. transit will never lie. I That's mean, right. as long as you keep them calibrated, they'll. You know, you get them calibrated every two years, just like GPS, man. It's right. They run great. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I do agree. <laughs> what do you think it takes right now? Uh, for these smaller construction companies to get their guys some training on it, like what what does it take? I what think I think what it does take, Brandon, is is finding a very good partner. There's there's a lot of these dealers out there, and it's a very, uh, in my opinion, on the on the survey side, it's uh, it's very saturated. It, it really is. Uh, so, and there's a ton of different options. There's there's the super low end units. You know, there's there's manufacturers that cost two thousand dollars per system, and then there's other systems out there that are. $30,000 per one GPS unit. And if you need two, you're looking at 60,000 plus the software, everything like that. So I'd, I'd say finding a good partner who's really going to not only uh, sell you the equipment, right, which everybody wants to do, but also support you after that sale is made and, and really ensure that you guys are up and running and everybody that is a stakeholder in the job, everybody within in, internally within your company is up to speed on these technologies and, you know, where you can just hand this to, to an operator and say, hey, man, I need you to go that, that stake you knocked down, I need you to go, you know, set one again to where he's able to do that. I think that's the ultimate, the ultimate reality is, is finding a partner that's willing to train your guys and go in and truly, truly be a partner for you. Well, a lot of people don't realize you can buy really good systems used. And yes, that, that, that's, that's, our, that's our game. Yeah. That's what we did. That's, I, I, that's told, we did. I told um, a friend of mine, he just started up and I told him, he's like, man, I don't want, I want the systems, but I, I don't have the credit. I don't have this. I'm like, hey. You can go buy an old school Topcon V. They're That's still right. running them right now. That's you, right. The service will end in a couple of years, but at least you'll get your foot in the door. I said, dude, you can get those systems used for like eight grand. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So that that was kind of our game, Brandon, yeah. is is we took very, very high end gear. We rented it out to folks. We we were heavy in oil and gas back when that was was booming. Um and there's it's getting back there, but it's another conversation for another day. Yeah. Um, but we we would rent it out, we'd get a little bit, you know, we'd get a little bit of equity quote-unquote equity put back onto those units and then we would bring it to market to where they're getting super high-end gear that's that's still under warranty that's still serviceable uh that still does the job at a at a fantastic level of performance but you're paying half the freaking price man yeah you know and that's really that's really really where i i want ags to be is where we can provide those awesome solutions provide awesome service which is what we're really known for um and provide that at, at, at a cost that's not going to uh, that's worth that value of what it brings to you. Yeah, we we 
we've been looking for, you know, like you and I were talking earlier today. Sure. The, the unfortunate thing is some most of the shops now have gotten so big, they don't work with the smaller guys out there. I'm fortunate that I'm kind of big enough now that when they try to play those games with me, I just go, okay, dude, I'll go somewhere I'll, else. I'll go to the next guy. Yeah. Right. And, you know, then they call you. Oh, right. hey, man, I'm sorry about that. We weren't yep. trying to, you know, it, it's it's sad that you got to be that way. But um, what are you seeing uh, in regards to, like, newer contractors? Um, are they are most guys pretty willing? Is it the younger generation real willing to use yes. it? And then the older Absolutely. guys aren't? Absolutely. Whenever I go in, whenever I go in on a deal with it with a new prospect, a new client who's, who's interested in providing this type of you know solution, bringing it, bringing their surveying in house, bringing uh, their you know terrain modeling in house, it's usually the young project manager straight out of school who's the one telling their superiors, "Hey, we need this. This is this is what I learned how to do in school," and uh, and it's them bringing these types of technologies in. So as these guys move up into to higher level positions, uh, to where they're making the decisions, we're only going to see this more and more and more and more. I, I I believe. I will say I think the hardest thing right now for a lot of guys out there is especially with the economy and everything is they're going okay well I've got GCs beating me up so bad on pricing right now which is hysterical because inflation's through the roof uh-huh that's right but the work's still being done for the cheapest it's ever been done in history right and I still don't understand it like I'm like dude the amount of overhead these contractors are ponying up now just to be, just to speed up their job 30% you know spending all this money on these systems and it's amazing right. technology but right. at the same time it's a huge cost that you got to add in and most of these contract general contractors they don't trust it that's the unfortunate that's, thing and you have to you have to prove it to them that's and, right and uh that's right you know a lot of the concrete contractors out there still they don't run it so you're sitting there arguing with a guy that's running a laser right that he bought probably at a pawn shop Right. Or at the Home Depot because he right. didn't buy a name brand one. They never are running. I never see him <laughs> running a Tremble or a Topcon laser. It's a Ryobi or yeah. So I'm like, dude, that's not even a real laser. Yes. And then you know I bust out my transit. My guys shoot their hubs in and they go, sure. okay, yeah, tell me I'm off. And then we prove it. But right. it's you know it's it's sad that you spend all this money, but the people that you're working for don't trust it. Oh, exactly. And, and it's it's insane. And that kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier. One of the major concerns in, in these these construction companies adopting this technology, they're like, well, I'm now liable for my own points. Yeah, you can view it like that. But also on the flip side is you have a lot more, um, how do I put it? You have a lot more, uh, when you go to a GC and say, uh, let's, let's look at a, something through like a lens of an MVP guy. If, if you're putting a hanger somewhere, you say, you know, and you're following the exact plans. You're doing everything. You upload your, you know, you upload the the CAD drawing to your, uh, you know, to your collector, and you're doing your own layout in house. Everything can be within that two millimeter tolerance, right? Two to two to four millimeter tolerance. You can go to your GC and say, no, my hanger's correct. You need to move that wall. I'm I'm correct. Yeah. So it actually helps in in terms of liability. Oh, it does all the and time. And there's so many checks and balances within the, the within the software that you're not. You're selling yourself short, essentially, if if you're worried about your own liability. No, yeah, and, and and I didn't mean to say, say it that way. What I meant, what I meant to say was, don't be constrained because of that thought. That's that's what I was trying exactly. to get at. Exactly, and you're exactly right. And exactly. what I would say too, though, is is a lot of people aren't looking at this part of it. When you go out there, like you just brought up, setting up your own control points. Something I learned the hard way: make them. You still make the contractor set up the. General contractor set your control points oh, the, or the and, client. And, and most of them do. Most yeah, of them most of them want firm. to. That's right. And, and, and it, it is nice because when you go to run that level loop, you can go, hey, dude, your level loop's wrong. Right. Uh, my grades are right. Right. So your guy screwed up, didn't put the world coordinates in the right area. My pad's off four inches in the wrong direction because of your coordinates. Versus before, you had no way of defending yourself. No. You had no way at all to where... Like, hey Brandon, we're you know this is yeah. This I is get on change you. orders all the time for this crap, dude. Oh, absolutely, dude. Absolutely. You know my jobs. I'm sure you know this. You probably hear about it all the time. Probably eighty percent of my jobs have grade bus nowadays. Yeah, I believe these it. civil engineers now they they don't take yeah. they don't do any real work. They don't pay a true survey. They take the plot plan from ten years ago, and all this building's been going on. People dumping dirt everywhere. There's right, been right, jobs right. that were next door that just pushed the dirt over on that lot. You know, spread it out. You right, can't right. tell. 
I mean, dude, I did a job a year ago that had 7,000 extra yards on it than what was called out in the drawings. Yeah, I believe it. I, I mean, it's it. just insane. Like, yep. But if I didn't have that technology, I wouldn't have caught that. Exactly. And then you, it probably would have come out of your pocketbook in some in some. Capacity. I would have hauled it. Never. That's right. That's I, right. What leg do I got to stand on once you take a blade of grass off the That's ground? Right. It's yours, baby. That's right. So let's let's look in terms of error. We uh, we were we were at one point we were trying to bring a product to the market called the uh, Topcon LN150 was the name, and it was really catered to the MEP market. Uh, I don't consider that uh, bringing us bringing that to market in Texas a success, and the reason being there was so much apprehension um, from from MEP guys in doing their layout. But but really, you can increase your productivity like five hundred percent. Yeah. Instead of having a whole team of of HVAC guy, HVAC guys, for example, go do your layout. You just need one guy. You yeah. need one guy. But they were so nervous about the liability, they failed to kind of uh, adopt and, and um, I want to say understand, but they failed to kind of see the other side. It was one of those things where if it ain't, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But that, that's to me, that's not a great mentality to have is if you're going to be forward thinking and you really want to participate in the, the if you want to be a part of the future of, of construction and where these technologies are going. Yeah, I agree. I, the The one thing that I noticed that's gotten really – great is it sped up the process so much in doing the job but it in a way has also kind of hampered us in another because now you got operators that are so reliant on gps technology uh-huh, right that they can't go back to old school i'm one of the few i'm one of the few left that i'm sure I, i'm in a weird spot like i'm a, i'm not the young generation but i'm not the old guys either. that's right I, i'm in they call it the we, we actually have a name for it now in construction okay they what's call that? it the lost generation okay so we're the generation of kids that our parents told us hey you need to go to college i think you and me are close in age right and you need to go to college and you need to get a desk job or you need to go to corporate america you don't need right. to be in the trades like my dad was in the trades my uncle's in the trades right um so I didn't follow the rules. <laughs> I went <laughs> okay. in the trades. But back okay. then it wasn't popular. Like I remember when I was in mm, high school, I said, Hey, I work construction in the summers and everybody was like, Why are you doing that? You know? Right. That's what that that you you're going to college, right? I'm yeah. like, Well, I'm going to the military and after that yeah. I'm gonna go to college. Right. And you know, then I went to college combat for eight years. It was a great time. But um I did I did go to college. But I was working construction while I was going to college. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. And I didn't even get my degree in what I do. I mean, it's it's funny. I got a computer science degree thinking I want really? to Really? Okay. Oh, God. I, I, I thought I want. Well, I went online and I was like, what's the 10 highest paying jobs that you don't have to be outside for? Sure. And one was being a cybersecurity analyst. And I was like. Okay. Well, that sounds cool. cool. Right. So then I started doing it. And I'm like, this is the most boring. Dude, it was just code. It was servers right, i, I right, was right. Like, this is not me right had to wear a suit and tie every day i'm like this is not me yeah so, i couldn't i couldn't see that brandon no that's not me no <laughs> so i could not see uh that, i uh i ended up going back to construction and back to the oil field and all that. yeah okay <laughs> okay there you go but um i'm in that weird spot though because like you are you are i know the old school way of doing it like i remember when i first started everything was done with the with the lasers transits water levels you know level loops Right. Torpedo levels. Right. Like, I mean, I came up the old school way, man. You, you had to bust out a 10th ruler, the, the not the tape measure because they didn't exist right, right. yet. You had the foldable one. There you go. Click, click, click. Yeah, click, and click. you had a 20 yeah. foot long, you know, level that you had to keep hang off the side of where the cut was. And there was always piles of dirt wherever a stake was where your cuts were so you didn't lose your point. Right. You know, once in a blue moon, you drop by a job, still got that. So that brings back right. some memories for me. I'm like, oh, man, I remember doing that back in the day. You Heck know? yeah. Yeah. So, Heck yeah. you know, there's some guys out there still running like that. But, you know, no, there's a lot more than you think. Right. There's but a- I, I see them doing it and I go, our guys would have cut that out in two days, had it on grade and left. And they've right. been out there a week. Right. Right. So it, right. It, it does speed it up, guys. Like, I'm telling you, you guys that are just starting out, man, just even just getting a basin or over, man, it, it's going to set you up for success. The other thing I would recommend is these companies like AGS here do offer training. So that's right. That's something you would need to look into. Find your top-notch guy. You, and also, guys, if you put up online that you're looking for grade checkers and TopCon, nine times out of ten, the guys that really know their stuff – they're going to call. They'll be like, hey, you need help setting up your GPS department. And a lot of guys are willing to help you. Oh, absolutely. And it, it's, absolutely. It's one of the few areas in our industry I noticed that everybody's, like, super helpful. 
more it, it's more, weird right yeah. yeah more so than any other area like yes. you know you deal with your mechanic guy oh, i'll get to you when i get to you you call a gps guy he's like yeah i'll be out there tomorrow it's like cool cool all right i like that dude i can't get i can't get my motor fixed on my dozer but <laughs> at least i can get my sensor fixed on my dozer yeah there you go i mean um uh, what so what are you seeing what are you guys' goals at ags for next five years what do you next guys- five years man i'd love to open up uh i'd say first i'd love to open up a few more locations um where you guys thinking so i have this idea of these uh <laughs> Uh, underserved markets I'll, I'll call them where there's a lot of work and there's a ton of infrastructure going on but there's very very little service and there's three areas uh that i've personally have clients in and i personally frequently actually uh go to these places and that's laredo that's corpus and that's the valley yeah i could see that because corpus was blowing up when i was working down there there is and there's so much work down there and these guys are driving to san antonio to go pick up supplies to go pick up their their serving equipment to pick up a lot of the software and a lot of these folks are are very traditional in the sense they want somebody on their job site showing them how to use it and they're just not a presence so um i would really really uh, love to see us be able to grow and expand into those markets as well because i really think we could do a lot for those clients over there is there is there much of a presence with the the dealers down there like hold no. and all them and rdo uh i'd say with with um with some of the heavy equipment, I think there's there's a presence, but on the geospatial side, there's just not. Yeah, because Holt's got a factory now down that way. Yeah, that's I right. think they got one in. It's not in Laredo. It's in San Antonio, right? <sighs> Man, I'm I'm not too sure. I know it's in the about. Val. It's in South Texas. I just right. can't remember where it's at. I know they moved right. one of the plants from Illinois down there. Right, and and uh, I'll say this about the valley too. I mean, the valley is a very special place to me. Um, it's, it's where my my uh, my dad's side of the family's from, and I still got family down there. Yeah. But I remember as a kid going down there. And there, I think there was one Luby's, and that was the that was the only restaurant. And now, man, they got everything. They got it's it's insane. It's it's blown up. There's so much in in an absolutely ungodly amount of of infrastructure work going on. Oh yeah. And they they need somebody. They need a presence down there. I just have to be able to justify the, the cost of oh, doing so, of yeah. course. But uh, ultimately, I would love to be in those markets. Um, the other kind of you know, in reference to your original question, the other corporate goal of mine is really entering into that GIS market. I think the GIS market, the, the graphical information systems is, is a huge one. I think it's about 10 X the size of survey, if I'm being honest. Um, and so that's an area where I really think we could do a whole lot for a whole lot of clients. And, uh, right now we're actually working on a, uh, becoming a, an official business partner, uh, preferred mapping dealer, if you will, for, uh, w- with Esri. Uh, which Esri dominates about 80 to 90% of the GIS market. So that's a huge feather in our hat once once that actually gets completed. So uh, we'll be covering Texas, Louisiana, Oklahoma, New Mexico, Arkansas. Um, I think there's one more state. I might be leaving it out. Uh, but it's, uh, it's, it's a nice territory for us. And I think there's a whole lot of, of potential cultivation that we can do in these markets. I really do. I think the construction boom is going to continue, um, even though the interest rates are going up a little bit. I, I just so. want to hear your take on it. But yes. Um, Yes. I do. I, I'm not seeing any signs of slowdown. I will say though, it's been really strange. Maybe you noticed it too if you talk to some of your other clients. Sure. But the last about four or five weeks, man, I've been getting rebids on stuff, but not many pulling the trigger. Minus right. our like ISD work. Right, and that's something I'm seeing too. I yeah. mean, there's there. I have a whole pipeline of of potential hardware, software training that I'm literally just waiting on the green light from from my clients. You know, I've put in this bid. Um, and I'm just waiting to get it, get it. So it, there seems to be somewhat of a stagnation in my opinion right now. I think people, a lot of people are worried, like you mentioned about the interest rates. Um, and it, and it's funny that you mentioned that because I feel like in Texas, we are so blessed and we're so insulated from the rest of the country. Anytime there's economic downturn, there's, there's, uh, inflate, you know, ridiculous inflation, inflation like there is now in Texas, we kind of, we're, we're, we're very lucky to be where we're at, man, because we're always so insulated. There's always work to be done, and I do not see it slowing down. But it, the, I will agree, the last... So, in the recession that they are saying is possibly coming right now... Or it, it's already here. I don't yeah. I keep hearing different things every day. Yeah. I, I try to stay in front of it, but... I watched that frontline thing about it. They actually just came out with it, talking about the banks that just canned and all that stuff. Right. Um, what would you say is, like... Biggest things we got to watch out for. <clears throat> hmm, that's a good question. I would say uh, at, at least so. So how we do things at AGS uh, as it comes to financials, we we like a very. I'll, I'll just speak for, through my lens, by the way. So we take a very, uh, 
you know, ready, aim, fire type of approach. And the reason doing so is because things are things are scary right now. The banks are going out left and right. The bank is breathing down our throat, uh, looking at our P&Ls, looking at, looking at what we're doing. And I'm sure it's we're not the only ones. It's, it's across the board from everybody. But again, I'm speaking through through AGS lens. So it's just being very calculated and very careful um, and, and very thoughtful in our planning uh, in our fiscal planning, our fiscal budgeting. Um, we, we're not in the position anymore, no, nor do I think anybody is anymore where we can just willy nilly go and R and D and go try things. We can't, we can't just try things. We need to be extremely calculated in what we're doing. So that would, that would be kind of my advice to, to everybody right now is be calculated, yeah. be very strategic in where every dollar is going. Um, I, I know even, uh, when it comes to something as simple as kind of my, um, you know, my expenses and, and, the company expenses in general, we're always looking to, okay, where can we be a little more efficient? Where, where can we bring a little more value? Because in today's, you know, in today's time, we have to be very, very careful with, with how we're spending our money and making sure every single dollar is, is not only for the business, but we get a return on, on that dollar spent. Yeah. It's getting harder and harder to make a profit right now. Too. Oh, absolutely. Material yeah. escalations. Everything, fuel. everything is price. Everything is, it, it's to the point where it's not solutions based selling anymore. It's price based selling. And I hate that. I hate as a, as a sales guy myself, but it's where my, I got my start, right? Yeah. Was in sales. I, I hate selling on price uh, because it's easy. Let's say somebody were to approach you, man, I got this unit, you know, for, I got this GPS system for $4,000, but we don't see, you love the price. That's awesome. That's a cool price. That's fantastic. Everybody saves a bunch of money. What you don't see is the lack of support, uh, the lack of product longevity, uh, the fact it's it's going to have to go in all the time. Those are other things that people don't look at. And I hate the fact that, at least on the survey side, seemingly to me right now, everything is price-based. The promotions we've been running, the marketing that we've been pushing is kind of centered all around price because that's what people are looking at right now. And, and we have to do our due diligence on, on the sales side and our end to be sure that we're thoughtfully explaining what the service looks like and, and why the costs are the way they are. And I have no problem telling people, Hey, Brandon, you're in business to make money. I'm in business to make money. We have to meet somewhere in the middle, man. I can't, it's a business. We're not a charity. It's something that I always tell my sales guys. We're not a charity. We're in business to make money just like, just like our clients are. So that's, yeah. that's kind of my two cents on things. Well, Joey, if you're, you're ever looking for work, man, I, you know, I might need you to come over and be my guy and, <laughs> sit down with some of these damn GCs and be like, hey, All right. bro, uh, you're not the only ones here to make money. That's right. That's right. Because they got it in their head that nobody else should make money. I'm telling right. you, it's getting terrible, man. It's, these it's owners tough. and these GCs, I don't care. I don't care if they're listening. I really don't. Right. They don't give a shit about us, man. It, it's, right. it's, they they play like they do. They they always post on LinkedIn. Oh, we're all about our trade partners uh-huh, and all uh-huh. this stuff. Partners, it's, right? Trade yeah, partners. Like, yeah. Trade partner. Yeah. yeah, no, no, no. Let's classify <laughs> this slave labor. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's funny, man. I work for developers when I can, man. And I'll sure. tell you something. When what? you can go direct with those guys. Why is that? I'm I'm kind of more curious. I pick your brain on that a little bit. <sighs> you gotten out of middleman, man. Okay. It's Fair like enough. it'd be like you getting a direct line to. Probably because you guys don't have to deal with the middle. You might, though, on some stuff. It'd be like us if we were manufacturing the product. Yeah, yeah if you were, it, sure. it was literally, you were dealing with the guy at the factory. Like, sure. It'd be that equivalent to it. Like, okay. it's, you're dealing with the guy that's fronting the bill, that's paying the bills, that's right. it's his baby. Like, right. he's selling this property after it's developed to, you know, whatever company is buying it. And... You're dealing with him, so right. you're dealing with the owner, and right. it's just it's so much easier, and it, it you can make so much better money. The margins are there because they they take a they take out that percent that the GC's taking, sure, and they're going to give you a little bit of it. They're sure. not going to give you all of it, sure. But you make better margins. You tend to get paid faster, right? Really, a lot faster, right? I worked for a guy for years. Um, he went back to doing GCs though. He got so burned out on dealing with subcontractors. Yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> Fair he paid in seven days. Wow. Okay. I mean, I'm talking huge draws. You know, three, four hundred thousand dollars. He's paying it seven days, just cutting you a check. Wow. He but but let me ask you this: how how bad would you love to go and work for this guy again? Oh, I'd kill. Him. Yeah. Hey, but he doesn't want to deal with it anymore. That's right. Thing. So that's so I look at something, uh, which I'm I'm glad you kind of brought this up. I look at something called LTV or lifetime value out of yeah. a particular client. If it means right now 
that I have to spend a little more time providing you a little better support. If I spend a little more time um, dealing dealing with providing a, a catered, custom tailored solution for you, I'll do that because you're going to come back to me every time, Brandon. And that's what a lot of these large scale dealers fail to realize is is when you provide that level of service, that level of training, regardless of the price, let's let's forget about that for a second. When you're providing that that true turnkey solutions based uh, sales approach, these guys will come back and they will buy from you. If you provide that level of tech support, my clients love working with me because I do my own tech support. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not unless it's something way out of my scope of what I know how to do, right? But I love to do my own tech support. Even I might be on the phone for an hour. Sure, I have a lot of many other things I could be doing, but I'm here to support you, the client. Yeah, exactly. You know, and and at the end of the day, they're going to come back to me, and, and you know, and and we're going to create a lot more lifetime value out of these out of these individuals. I try so hard to treat my suppliers the best I can. I, I really do. The unfortunate thing is, is um, because of how slow I'm paid sometimes it makes it difficult to sure. get them paid. And sure. so most of them get it. They do. Most of them have been doing it so long. They understand that, but you know, it, it's, it's really bad when <laughs> during COVID everybody would call and check on you, you right, know, like, right, how right, you doing? Right, are yeah, you healthy? Yeah, you know, yeah, are you yeah. okay? You know, sure, sure. and then we got back to normal and everybody's just calling now and I'm like, Hey, how you been? Oh, I'm good. Hey, how, how about that invoice? Yeah. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> we're, we're, back, works, we're right? back to that now. Yeah, we're, not, yeah. we're not, we're not just talking. We're not friendly anymore. We're not pleasantries yeah. anymore. Right. And it's it's sad because it, it when you've grown a company that much that you're you're not the guy they call anymore to deal with the field problems. Sure, they only calling you about a check. Sure, it does kind of. Yeah, it kind of sucks. <laughs> man. Yeah, it kind of. Hey, how you, how you doing? You. And they get around to the to yeah. the money portion of things. Yeah, it's like, oh yeah, I'm doing great. Hey, uh, you know, invoice number two two six. How are we looking on that one? You know, right. It's, well, hey, everybody's trying to get paid at the end of the day. Oh, everybody's, dude, I, everybody's it, it, and I totally get it. And man. I and I and I. I I really appreciate you saying that you really, really try to treat your suppliers well because we have clients that we don't like working with. Yeah. We have clients that we love working with. Oh, yeah. Because it's a relationship at the end of the day. And if you set that boundary with, with somebody like us or uh, any other supplier for that matter and say, hey, um, a, lot of, a lot of how I like to pay is contingent on um, when I get paid, but I yeah. will pay you. Yeah. You will. You just send us a check, a check today, yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. But it's because it's because we have that working relationship, yeah. And and a lot of the times, um, I feel like a lot of these these very very large dealers will put themselves in a box because they they hear our terms. No, 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 no. Sure, terms are terms, and this is ideal. This is what I would like to see. But sometimes it's about working with those clients because in another five years, you very well could have two hundred fifty employees, yeah. and I'm now your number one guy because I worked with you for the first six months of our relationship, yeah. For the first six months, and what did we create? We created LTV. We created lifetime value yeah. out of this working relationship exactly. as a small microcosm of, of kind of what I'm saying here. And that and that's the thing that we deal with. You know, um, you know, we try to do good work for our clients, and then you know, you get to you work for ten of them, and two take care of you, right? And the other eight, they just take 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 take, yeah. take 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 no give. Yes, and this is what we were talking about earlier today. Yeah. My biggest sales philosophy. Um, and and I've said it to him blue in the face every every single one of the the sales staff that works with me even even on the operational side of things too. I say one mantra all the time, and that's you have to give before you get. Yeah. So as let's say I'm prospecting, let's say I'm, I'm cold calling you, Brandon. Yeah. I have to give my time. I have to give my energy. I have to put on a smile. I have to I have to uh, bring that level of energy to you to where you're excited about the solution. And yeah. that's giving. That's me giving. I'm right. giving my time. Right. But I'm also going to get something out of that, right? I'm going to get hopefully some business. Hopefully, yeah. I'm going to get some 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 uh, some more word of mouth, some positive feedback, at the very least. But you have to give before you get, and that's the way of the world. That's that's what that's what makes the the, the world goes round, man. You know, you got to give before you get. It, it really it really is hard though with everything, it, and it's getting harder to give now. It, yeah. It's getting harder to get. It's getting harder to be a nice person. <laughs> yes, man. Yes, <laughs> yes. It's 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 hard because we want to take care of. And I know one of the things yeah. that you and I were, were talking about earlier today, uh, off air, is is that I think one of the things that it seemingly to me that makes you really happy is the fact you take care of your guys. When we started talking about how you treat your operators, how you treat your personnel, man, you were super excited because you love that. Yeah, you know, just like AGS's um, owner, PJ Myers. He loves to take care of his employees. He loves when we're all making money. He loves when the business is doing yeah, well, obviously, exactly. right? 
and, and, and he loves hiring new people and, and bringing new people to the organization. But the thing at the end of the day, we have to do what makes sense. We're not a charity. We're not exactly. a charity and neither are you. No, neither are you. But we love to take care of people. And it's getting harder and harder and harder and harder to truly take care of people in that way. It is. It is. I had a given uh, the economy, given everything else. <laughs> I had it when we were doing utilities for a little bit. We were we had a utility estimator. Her name was Dawn. Amazing woman and uh, full of insight. But she used to say it all the time in our operations meetings. She would go, "It's dot com, not dot org." <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I'll tell you, man, it's, dot, it, dot there, there's a lot of truth to that, man. There is. And you know, is. guys listening, when you're starting these companies up, you know, me and Devin have been doing that special about starting your own business. Sure. You know, you got to remember that you can't set yourself up for a situation where these great guys like this, AGS and stuff, they bust their butt to help you out. And then you get yourself in such a bind, you can't pay them back. And you right. got to remember that there, there's, it, it's all a chain guys. It's, it's, it starts at the top and it goes all the way down because that guy that's running, that guy that's hauling dirt for you. He gets another guy that stiffs him. He might have to sell his truck. He might have to lay some guys off. He's jumping back in the truck, having to run dirt. That's right. I mean, just because they're a bigger company, man, don't don't just look at it like, oh, well, they can they can hold off a little bit. You know, it's it it's all a big circle, man. That's right. That's right. Business is just a giant circle. It is. Money never stays in one spot. It's just constantly flowing. It's fluid. It's It's fluid. fluid. It's a liquid form. It's right. And if people would just realize that you can't make people finance your jobs that's right we can't finance for free that's not no, a sustainable it, model it's it, just not the bank the bank doesn't let you do that no nobody does you, you overdraft your bank account they charge you 35 bucks that's right man i used to do that all the time in college admittedly oh, so dude. i was about to say it was 35 dollars because i knew that up right off the top of my head bro i was a broke <laughs> dude i was a broke ass specialist in the army dude i blow all my money at the bar and i'm by you know we all got paid on the first and the 15th it wasn't every two weeks it was the first and the 15th okay so between the 15th and the first sometimes it'll only be like 13 days Right. Well, if you had a long month, like a 31st, you're yep. going 17 days sometimes on a uh, paycheck. <laughs> so by then, you know, you're eating ramen and yeah, peanut butter. Yeah. Peanut dude, butter with like, a spoon. I used honey to go to Walmart when I get paid and I'd buy the big boxes of ramen. And oh, I'd yeah. buy ranch and I'd buy like some salsa and stuff. So I could mix it up. I'd be like, oh, I'm going to make chicken, you know, ramen with some ranch. <laughs> yes. Dude, <laughs> I have two, I have two, two stark memories. <laughs> One is scrounging for quarter, or scrounging for, for quarters in between the couch cushions. Yes. Trying to put gas in my uh, Toyota 4Runner with a huge ass dent right in the middle of the of the damn grill right in the front. Um, <laughs> they called it, uh, I was in a fraternity in college, they called it the frat runner back in the day. It was just a piece of shit, man. It really was. And, uh, and so I, I remember putting paying for multiple times paying for gas and quarters man those were the freaking days i know man. and then uh there's a there's a carl's jr uh right across the street from my apartment in, in college man we'd go there and pick up i'd be like if i had one meal for the day if i just had my dollar burger and my value fry man, i was solid man i was i was cooking with gas at that point man. dude there was so many times i was like you know I'm an E4 in the army. I've been in the army for four years and I'm still broke. How is it possible? <laughs> All your expenses yeah. are paid, but you're still broke. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, you know, they paid for our apart. You know, you're, you lived in the barracks. I mean, right, you might right, as well right. be condemned, but right, you know, right. you lived in the barracks and their meals were paid for. Right. Yeah. You want to eat chow hall food. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah, it's just, you know, it was fun, man, but it's funny when you've, you grow up and you, and you got to pay all, your bills and then as a business owner you have to pay all these other bills what well, well, like, the thing is you, those other bills yeah are kind it, it's not it, it doesn't go directly back to you it's no. for your it, as long to me if 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 your employees are happy yep that makes me so satiated and yes. that makes me so full it truly to know that they're happy being where they're at to to have us one of my sales staff come up to me and it's like Man, I love working here. Yeah. I love being a part of this team. Dude, you might as well just, I mean, that's ha- that makes me happy. That's awesome to hear. You're winning in business when you're doing that. That's right. And, that's and, right. You know, I don't have a bad turnover with my guys. You know, the problem that I'm running into right now is I'm in such, you know, we talked about I'm in that hamstring part. I'm coming out of it, but it is sure. taking forever. It's I mean, hard. You go through three months of hard phys- financial problems with not being paid and stuff. Sure. Everybody's like, oh, it should take three months. Multiply it by six. Yes. Minimum. Yes. I'm at about at month 18 and I'm finally getting. Getting over. Getting, getting kind of out of that. Crawling yeah, out of I'm that. Getting cave out of it. But now the economy's slowing down. 
Right. You know? Yeah. So it's like, it's like one, come on, That's man. what I was telling you earlier, man. It's one speed bump I after know, another. Man. One wall. It's just, and, it's... and even for, for um, a, a, you know, a kind of thriving business and up and coming organization like AGS, it's wall after wall, wall after, after wall, wall yeah. after wall. It's okay. How do I bring this to market? Okay. The market didn't accept this. Okay. Well, how can I try this? Yeah. A lot of things to it's me. It's always pivots. It is. You have to, it, it's R&D, man. It's R&D. You have two options, uh, at least on the marketing front. You can either provide a solution to those clients and you're letting the clients know what their solution is, or you can wait to see what they specifically need and then cater a plan based around that. Both of those things come with their pros and cons, both of them. And marketing and, and business growth and business development is all R&D. You have to create a culture of trial and error in order for, for you to bring something to market because you have to really understand what makes people tick, what is going to make people want to buy this particular product right at the end of the day that's it, it's r&d marketing is r&d man oh, but the is. thing is, it's hard it's hard to float the time while you're trying to do all this research and development on, based on what the market wants you have to insulate your revenue somehow right i think i think for contractors the best thing they can do is is you know when you're sitting in the truck on a job or something and you're you know you're just sitting there waiting you know or whatever you got you got a few minutes of your day so when buy a job, take some pictures of you guys working, put it up on LinkedIn, put it That's up right. on Instagram, put it up on Facebook. That's right. Yeah, I know guys are like, oh, you know, nobody really cares about that stuff. I would have never met these guys at AGS if right. I hadn't been posting on LinkedIn. That's right. I would have never met Devin. I never would have met Doc Robinson. I never, sure. most of the guys I know, I, I met through social media. Right. And yes, I know a bunch of them from the old school way too, though, word of mouth. Hey, this is a really good silk fence guy. Hey, this is a really, you know. But since I've gone on LinkedIn and I've gone on these social media networks and I've broadened my company out, I've met so many people from oh, all over the country and the world. Absolutely. And Absolutely. if anything, it's helped me. It hasn't hurt me. You know, there's there's so many people that message me every day like, hey, man, if you need anything with this help, you know, I can help you out. You know, I get you know how it is. Yeah. You're in business. I get right. 50 pitches a day. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and honestly, ninety nine percent of them I don't need. Yeah, that's I right. I just try to be polite and be like, "Hey, man, I apologize." Thanks for I, thanks for the call, man. Thanks for the it. message and thanks for the call, but I'm good. And it's mostly those loan shark guys up in New York. Oh yeah, yeah. You yeah. just got approved for yeah, ninety eight thousand dollars, three hundred fifty thousand with a two hundred thousand dollar payback. Oh, okay. That sounds that so, sounds legit. So, so it's five fifty payback. No, no, it's two hundred. No, 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 it's two hundred on top of the three fifty. Right? And then yeah, two percent okay. service fee. Right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, and by the way, you don't get that full amount of money. We're going to take this percentage of it before we even give it to you yes that's for processing fees yes so yes. there's so much junk out and i think i think uh through the lens of an, a business owner one of the first things to kind of go i think is your marketing budget if you're going to cut back any costs i think that's one of the first things through the lens of a cfo through the lens of a, a business owner okay well we'll just stop paying for ads we'll just stop doing the social media we'll just stop uh linkedin ads we'll, we'll stop that uh, and we'll because it's so hard to judge branding when you're branding a company, when you're branding an organization, it's so hard to see the numbers behind that. Mm -hmm. A lot of people, if you have two guys, one guy's explaining something, the other guy comes into the spreadsheet, the guy with the spreadsheet's going to win every single time. Yep. Whoever has the spreadsheet, because the numbers do not lie, right? That's kind of the the old age-old verbiage. Um, numbers don't lie. But it, it, you're absolutely right that you have to have a social media presence. And we've been... You know, we've been running ads. We've been doing things on Facebook. You know, we're very active. Obviously, like you said, we're very active on LinkedIn, uh, engaging in the posts and, and you know, uh, posting articles, posting content, that nature. But it's it's very hard for me as as in my position to kind of sit back and be like, okay, well, what's our return on this amount of ad spend? Because branding, there is no. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's how do you how do you uh, how do you characterize the the return on investment as far as your branding is concerned? Exactly, it's, it's hard to do. It's hard it really, to do. it really. You truly, need to do it though. It needs to be to. done. I mean, in this day and age, it has to be done, and you have to kind of lower. If you're considering cutting marketing costs, you have to lower your shoulder and take the hit on the chin, man. Mm -hmm. You really do. You really do because it's so important these days. It is. Yeah, when you're building a company, you have to ensure that your marketing is in your budget. You, no matter what you do, you, I mean, whether you're weaving baskets right right <laughs> a steel contractor dude yes you have to have marketing in your budget because yes you can get on a craigslist ad all you want but i'm gonna tell you something those aren't the people you want to work for no man no 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 you no, 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 no. <laughs> facebook no. marketplace those aren't the people you want calling yes it, it's it's you know get on legit 
places like home advisor all those kind of places there's so many ways that you can market yourself yes and do it for free yes it costs that's i do i i made a youtube channel on for iron eagle yes she can tell you we didn't even realize it i put a video up like a year and a half ago of a job we did in at night transportation we did down in wilmer texas okay it's got three thousand views that's awesome I didn't share it. I didn't do cost, not, I just it cost you it. the barriers to entry as far as social is concerned cost you very little money. But I, I, I have the, you know, I have the heart to sit down and get out behind a computer and edit. Sure. I have the heart to learn about this kind of stuff. Like the, to me, this is marketing right here. Just it is. A podcast it is. is it's marketing. marketing for me. It's marketing for you. Yeah. It's, it's marketing your company. It's marketing right. on grid. It's marketing iron Eagle. It, that's right. It's, there's so many things that you can do, guys, that don't cost any money. That's right. Okay, I'm going to be honest with you. This podcast setup, it was not free. Yeah, I'm sure I it wasn't cheap. It's very nice. You can me. do it on your phone. <laughs> it's not going to sound good, but you can do it on your phone. Get a little cheap you know, mic that you plug in and you can Bluetooth. I've seen so many setups of guys that are just starting up. My problem is I'm one of those guys, like, if I'm going to do something, I do it 100%. I don't play. I just go out. I go what I got to do, and I build the brand right let me let me talk about a guy that that uh used to work for for ags uh he's a marketing guy he had a strong marketing background he was actually our uh i think he did a lot of our seo and we ended up hiring him as a, as a sales rep uh he since moved on he, he moved uh he moved and, and you know he moved, uh, locations all that good stuff but uh one of the one of the things that was kind of a feather in his hat was that he started a party bus company and he owned zero party buses Mm-hmm. All he would do, he just created an awesome website, created awesome content, had a huge social media presence, and was you know branded his party bus. And all he would do is contract out these party buses to other people with party buses, and he skimmed his little you know he skimmed his percentage off the top. It's like VRBO, dude. They don't, <laughs> yeah. they don't own any of the houses. That's they right. just they just provide you the hookup to the guy that's renting the house out. That's right. That's right. I mean, Uber. The guy that invented Uber, man, is a genius. Oh, absolutely. No overhead. No overhead. I mean, there's none. No cost of goods. The software, the software technicians, he has to pay to maintain the, the apps. That's it. Yep. I think they have offices now. But, I mean, when they first started up, you couldn't get a hold of anybody at Uber. No. You had to send an email. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You had to send an email to support at Uber.com. I mean, dude, there's brilliant things out there. Like There is. You know. There is. And I, that's what I'm saying. There, there's so many ways, guys, to make marketing a priority for your company that's right and 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 look in an industry like construction an industry like survey these these are industries that have been around for a very very long time and i'll be honest i mean we were talking about earlier about being kind of genuine so i'll be genuine it's the bar is low man and in terms of in terms of kind of the latest marketing the social media the bar is so low oh god it takes five percent it takes five percent a little extra effort goes a long way it takes, it takes uh, for example, we're, one of the things that we're doing now, actually, on Wednesday, I'm having somebody come out and we're filming commercials for AGS, uh, along with those commercial, you know, video-based commercials uh, or content, uh, along with that, providing uh, several kind of how-tos, how to connect a survey-grade GPS unit to your iPhone. Mm-hmm. It seems so simple, but a lot of people don't even know you can do that. Yeah. And that's video-based content. That takes very little uh, upfront investment, A. B, nobody else is out there doing that. Yep. Nobody... When was the last time you saw uh, uh, from a geospatial dealer, which you know who they are, I'll leave names out. Yeah. When was the last time you saw any any outreach in that capacity? None. <laughs> the bar is low, man. And for you to be that better than a competition takes 5% more effort. Oh, yeah. 5% more effort. That's it's it. just the grit to want to do it. You know, there, there's... Um, That's right. You know, I give, I give mad props to like Forrest and those guys that run Eagle Eye and all those guys. Right. They get in these companies and they go, hey, man, you know, we're going we're gonna to help you brand your company. I mean, I see Dow Dirt everywhere, mm-hmm. and it's because of them. I mean, that's right. That's right. <laughs> you know? man. Like, there's companies I'd never even heard of before that are they're all over social media, and I'm like, I didn't even heard of this company before, right? But now I have because of there's a company called Midwest Mole. Okay, that's a pretty clever name, actually. It is, but it is. you know, I never heard of them, but I heard of them because of Instagram. That's right. You know, because they post up every day. They and, post something every day, and as as. Uh, the, the more and more kind of are kind of similar. I think we're somewhat close. Maybe yeah. probably 10 years younger than you, maybe eight years younger than you. How, how old how, I'm 30. I just turned 30. Oh, yeah. You're baby, man. I'm 34. Yeah, okay. Well, you're 34? Yeah. Okay. Well, I just age well. Okay. Well, you, you look you look beautiful for your age, man. Thanks, man. Say that. Appreciate <laughs> it. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> so so a lot of these guys, as they continue to kind of move up and, and um, 
these are age group. These yeah. are the guys that started out as assistant superintendents that are now PMs here yeah. four years into the career. Mm-hmm. These guys are 30 years old. You should be well into your career at that point, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, these are the guys on Instagram. These are the guys on Facebook. These are the guys not necessarily shaking hands, but looking looking for the next guy to shake hands with. Yeah. And it's all via social media. We're the tail edge of millennials. That's right. That's I right. tell people that. I'm like, there's a group of us that are different than the rest of the stigma. That's and they're right. like, what do you mean? I'm like, we know social media, but we don't right. have to, but, but we, we don't live on our phone. Yes. We still will sit down, drink a beer and have a conversation. That's right. And the phone won't come out. That's right. We're kind of a unique breed, huh? Yeah, we are. We're, We're kind of old school, but new school at the same that's time. That's right. That's right. It's a cool I kind of call us in. the hybrids. I like yes. calling us the hybrids because we it's still played name. outside, drank out of a water hose and then still, we went still had the bonfires and yeah. Yeah. It's, it's weird. We are that weird spot. Like, that kind of in between. Right in between group. So we recently, uh, we recently hired a, a kind of, uh, say, like a better term, a batch of new sales reps. And uh, kind of what I wanted to do originally was hire in, uh, well, first let me kind of backtrack. When you hire a sales rep that's very seasoned, that's great, but it also comes with its problems because they're very set in their ways. They don't want to adopt the kind of latest techniques. And something that, I, uh, that I've really am a strong believer in and is in my sales philosophy is analytics-based sales approach. And so basically it's dealing with tons of volume. You take that amount of volume, you provide marketing campaigns to them, and then you kind of tear it down to, okay, who, which people opened these emails or these marketing emails, which people viewed this post. And then you cater to them. You cold call them because they're the ones showing interest. It's not just picking up the phone and randomly going down a phone book and cold calling. You take an analytics-based approach. A lot of the guys with tons of experience don't like to do that. They don't like, you know, they want to go knock on doors, which is great. You can, you can go knock on doors. You can go B2B. But the reality of it is, is sales, again, age old uh, adage is it's a numbers game. Yeah. Kind of saying like when you bring in a a guy who's very seasoned, uh, it's hard for them to kind of fall in line to your program and how you like to have your sales guys do their activities. So I kind of went the opposite route and I hired a bunch of really young people straight out of school with the idea that we can kind of coach them up and and have them be be seasoned salesmen here you know very soon what we found out was that wasn't necessarily the reality the difference in in work ethic kind of to go back to the age thing yeah it's so different man it's so different i don't know how i could provide any more support to these guys but there was a lot of apprehension like i love the type of sales guy i'm like hey i need you to talk to this ceo i need you to talk to this vp of this company they're like can't wait i'm excited i can't wait to talk to this guy Versus like, oh, no, uh, I'm not ready. And that's the difference, I think, in that a- that age group. They, they kind of want just stuff to, you know, and, and I don't want to make these blanket statements, but based on what I've seen is they kind of just want things to fall in their lap. But the reality of it is you and I both know that's that's not the case. You have to Man. go and get it. Yep. You have to go and earn. Sometimes it's calling somebody back six, seven, leaving six, seven voicemails. Honestly, and, and you, honestly, if you believe in your product and you believe in your solution, you're doing them a favor. Yep. You're not bothering. I hate the idea of, well, I don't want to bug him. No, you're not bugging him. You're providing a solution. You're going to help him make a lot more money. Yeah, you you're really gonna are. T- you're going to 10x his production. Yep. I have no problem calling somebody a million you're, you're times. You're beating him up 30% on a project. That's yeah. right. Yeah. At the I mean, very least. Crazy. At the very least. So, um, caveat to what you were saying, I can mm-hmm. kind of compare from my end. Yeah, let's hear it. In uh, construction, I kind of got the same problem with like field reporting softwares and mm-hmm. adapting to you know tablets and all that stuff. So we kind of ride a hybrid system. Like our guys still get folders and blueprints in hand, but they also run their tablets. Okay. To do I like field that. reporting software, and they have the contract on digits. They have everything on digits still, but they also have it in paperback. Sure. Because it helps a lot when you have that on like a contract or something like that. You sure. can just pull it out and go, nope, that's not my scope. Nope, that's sure. not my. Sure. I don't have those plans. Oh, so sure. you changed the plans and didn't tell us. Sure. Okay, so there's a grade change. That's change. You know, it, right. it's just little things like that that have changed, you know, that we're adapting our end to as well, you know, and uh, of course, doing the right thing. And, on that. I, and I, I don't think you're wrong. I, I do think the answer. So the, I do think the answer is somewhere right in the middle. Right. Everything I've been I've been finding um, it, it will relate it back to business in general. You can let's say you're, you're, you're faced with two decisions. You can go way to the left or you all the way to the right with this particular shit the real answer is probably somewhere right in the middle okay yep. should i only go b2b 
Or should I only make cold calls? No, man, you should probably do a little both. You should probably do a little email marketing. You should probably do a little cold call prospecting. You'll probably go knock at a few doors, visit a few job sites. That's the real answer. So you kind of run in that hybrid type of way that you like to do things. That's probably the right way. You're, you're probably it, it not works, wrong, man. man. It know, works. Especially because I got young guys and I got old guys. So it's like right. it's like a really good mix. And it it gets it done. And it gets the job done. And it's really proved to work for us uh, running this hybrid system. Awesome. So, awesome, um, man. Awesome. I really appreciate you coming on tonight. Thank man. you for having me, man. This has been a great conversation and Dude, uh, happy to nerd out with somebody for <laughs> once, you know? <laughs> I, I love to nerd out about a lot of things. Star yeah, Wars, too. history, construction, <laughs> guns. Technology, guns. Harleys. Yes. Yeah, those are about those five things. Oh, man, I got to bring one of my sales reps uh, sales reps on, man. He's a Harley nerd. Oh, next, really? time, next time I'm in town, I'll bring, we'll bring him on. Hell yeah, man. We'll That'd talk be about awesome. Harleys for the next two hours. Well, Joey, <laughs> we appreciate you coming on. Hey, likewise, tonight. man. Thank you for having me. Hey, guys, uh, hope you enjoyed the episode. Uh, please like and subscribe. Um, we're going to have episode 11 coming out here uh, probably in the next week or so. Um, it'll probably be me and Devin. Um, we don't know if we'll have a guest or not yet, but uh, we'll get that figured out and uh, have you guys tuned in. Uh, like I said, please like and subscribe. Smash the like button. Hit the subscribe button and hit the little bell. And on Spotify, let's get a five-star. Uh, we'll hope to... See you on the next one, guys. All right. Thanks. Take care. Have a good night.